Well, I'm happy to be here today. Uh, it's nice to be anywhere, actually, after two years of not being anyplace. As I was listening to Mary talking about Ernest Holmes, and talking about the chalk and the eraser, I find the older I get, the smaller the chalk and the bigger the eraser. As I, as I try to remember the important aspects of my life. So today I'm going to talk about one way to build a spiritual practice. And it's based a little bit on Buddhism, but it's based more on humanism. What it means to be a human being. How does it feel to have a spiritual practice, a daily practice, for the rest of your life? Because it doesn't end ever. I don't understand why that's the case. I wish it did have a time limit, but it doesn't. And I'm reminded uh, about a movie that I saw just a couple weeks ago on one of the uh, retro channels called Razor's Edge, 1946. And I thought, man, this is so cool, you know? He went to the top of the mountain, Larry, to the top of the mountain, and he found it. And it changed him forever. And now we get to the end of the movie, and Larry is leaving his woman, who tried to connive him into having a relationship, and it really didn't work, and blah, 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 blah. And, and she says, where is he going? Where is he going? And the other guy says... Goodness is a powerful force in the universe. And there goes Larry, the goodness, back into the universe to make a difference. Okay, now I'm thinking to myself, how do we practice goodness? What does it mean to be good? Everybody has their own idea. And can we integrate that into a spiritual practice? And can our spiritual practice be a practice of goodness? And I think it can be. So these are the three parts of a goodness practice. Okay, number one, before you start your practice, you want to elevate your consciousness. And you want to pick something that's meaningful, maybe a poem or something like Thich Nhat Hanh, what he just said. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be a paragraph or two, just a, a short sentence or two to allow you to view your life in the world momentarily different. It's just a little bit, just a little different. Okay. So instead of thinking about what's going to be on TV today, maybe you could do what I do. This is part of my morning practice. May I be happy, peaceful, and free from suffering. May no harm come to me. May no difficulties come to me. May no problems come to me. May I always find fulfillment. Now, it's short and sweet, but it just gets me thinking in a little different way. Okay, now I've uploaded that, and now I'm going to work on my goodness practice. And the goodness practice is based on the five precepts of Buddhism. And if you don't know what they are, I'll share them with you. And maybe you'll find them to be as important as I do about being good. 
Okay, number one, today. We don't want to say this year for the rest of my life because it just sounds too intimidating. We're just going to talk about today, which is where our life happens anyway. Today, I'm not going to take any life. Okay, so I'm not going to kill anything today. And most of us will probably snicker and say, well, I don't kill anything anyway. But how about that mosquito last night when you're trying to go to sleep? You know, that, that, that's worth a kill, you might think to yourself. But now you, you, you sort of want to be good. You want to have this goodness thing. And, and to be good, you can't kill. Okay. And then when you get really good at not killing, then... You want to support life rather than take life. Well, how do you support life? Well, you know, one of the ways you can do it is you can take some cat food to an animal shelter or some dog food to an animal shelter to support the life of those little four-legged friends we all know and love because oftentimes they can't do it for themselves because they're in a city with asphalt and cement and a bunch of cars. Okay, so, so we take them food. We're supporting life. In, in, and not taking it. Number two, today I will not take what is not given. Okay, you know, it's more than stealing, though. It's not like today I'm not going to steal anything. But I'm not going to take anything that's not given. So, for instance, you need a pencil. And there's a pencil on that table over there, but there's nobody there to give you that pencil or give you permission to use that pencil. And now you're coming with this goodness and you have to find the person who owns the pencil and ask them if it's okay. And then, what a hassle. It's just a pencil. It doesn't mean anything. It's no value. It's 10 cents. Why am I doing this? Something's wrong with this whole thing. Life should be easier than this. And yet, you reflect, well, I'm practicing to be good. I want that goodness as part of my life. I want to integrate it. I want to take this practice and make it performance. And there is an interesting transition when you go from practice to performance. Ask any musician. They will tell you. They're practicing and practicing and practicing. And one day the miracle happens. The practice turns into performance. And that's what we want to do with this spiritual practice. We want this to be so integrated that we don't even have to think about it. It's just like breathing in and out. It just happens all by itself. So today I will practice not taking what is not given. Number three. Now I've modified this just a bit. Number three. Today I will practice loving kindness. Okay. Now in Buddhism... Generally speaking, we don't have love. I know it's disappointing because everybody really likes love. And it's an important concept. And everybody is striving either to have love, be love, give love. But you know what? We have that one word in English, and it's, there's like 10 different meanings, if not more. So Buddhism added kindness to love. And if you're not kind, yeah, that's not love. 
That's not love. Okay, so you want to have love and kindness combined in what you think, what you say, and what you do, and let it manifest in the world in a very skillful way. Loving kindness, loving kindness. Now, some people think, well, if I'm too kind, I can't have boundaries. I have to do what everybody says I should do because I don't want to be mean or cruel. But you know what? It is okay to say no. Just be kind when you say it. That's all. Figure out how to do it. Can you be kind and still have your boundaries? Absolutely. Okay. But it takes a higher level of skill than most of us have in our everyday exchanges and relationships. And this is what we want to practice on. I'm going to practice loving kindness today. In any situation I find myself in, I'm going to enter it with love and kindness. And if I can't have love, I can always have kindness. Okay, number four. Today, I will speak skillfully. How hard is this? Especially if you're like me and give a lot of public presentations and just start talking without being sure where it's going to go and who you're going to insult and who you're going to make uncomfortable. Man. But we have these reference points. Skillful speech is lacking, does not have harsh speech, malicious speech, false speech, or gossip and idle chatter. Those are the things you want to avoid because those aren't skillful speech. And then you say to yourself, well, what am I going to talk about? (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes noble silence is really good because you'll learn a lot more by listening than you will by talking. But sometimes we can engage in a nice conversation. We just sort of raise the level a little bit. We don't take the low road. We take the high road. Okay. Have you ever had a really intelligent conversation with someone and afterwards realized how, how pleasing it was to talk about things that are important and meaningful? Yeah, that's so cool. You know, and so we can do it, but it takes practice. So today I will practice speaking skillfully. Now, the last one is... Today, I will avoid intoxicants to the point of intoxication. Now, generally speaking, if you're taking this the way it's written, I will not consume intoxicants. But you know what? Sometimes a little beer or a glass of wine really makes the day just a smidge better. You know? So can we drink, but not to the point of intoxication? There was a famous blues song. I ain't drunk. I just been drinking. (laughs) Can we get there? Can we be that? And if we can, then our life will be filled with such goodness. Because we're not going to kill anything or steal anything. We're going to have loving kindness in everything we do. We're going to speak skillfully. And we're not going to get drunk. Okay, that's the foundation of our goodness. And we can all do it, but it takes practice. Now, the secret is, 
How do you keep this in mind? How do you keep focused on this goodness aspect of your spiritual practice? And the secret is meditation. Oh, no, not meditation. I mean, I just get to sit there and watch my breath and be glad that I don't have asthma? Is that, is that what I'm supposed to do? Well, in a way, in a way, but see, we need sustained focus and concentration, a one-pointedness, and we need to cultivate this, and we cultivate it through meditation. And I'll give you a real simple beginning meditation that can take you through the rest of your life. You don't need to add anything or take anything else away. It's meditation on the breath. And you know what? As long as you're still breathing, you can do this kind of meditation. Uh, Number one, you bring your attention to the tip of your nose and feel the sensation going out and coming in, going out and coming in. Now, it's a miracle. And why is this a miracle? Because that sensation can only happen right now. That sensation cannot happen tomorrow. It didn't happen yesterday. Something similar happened, but it wasn't that sensation. And this brings us to the present moment experience of our life, which oftentimes we just neglect because the future is so much more promising and the past is a little, well, disappointing. So now, here we are in the present moment experience of our breath, and it's a sensation, and it's going out, and it's coming in, and going out, and coming in. I want you to think about this for one moment. Has there ever been a time you haven't had a breath for seven or ten minutes? Because if that was the case, you would be dead. How, how unbelievable is it that we have lived our whole life and not missed our breath for 10 minutes with all the things that go on or could have happened and didn't that in itself is a miracle your life is a miracle because you're still breathing wow okay so now here we are And our mind's a little scattered. It gets distracted rather easily. So we're going to use numbers to tether to the sensation of breath. Numbers are a concept. They don't mean anything. It's part of our language. And we use numbers to express certain things. Okay, like our taxes and our gas mileage. And all those important things. But they really don't exist in any real way. So we're going to take this number, and we're going to attach it to our sensation of breath, and we're going to either count the inhale, the exhale, or both at the same time. One, two, three. Now, we don't say it out loud, but we we say it in our mind. And we go up to ten, and we go down to one, and we go up to ten, and we go down to one, and we go up to ten, and we go down to one. Okay. Sounds easy, but it's not because our mind has only one job, and that is to think all the time about everything and about nothing and important stuff and unimportant stuff. And then we finally hit the sack 10 o'clock at night, and our mind doesn't shut off. Now we're ready for dreamland. 
And we have all sorts of fun dreams, and we're doing this, and sometimes we even dream in color. We hate to wake up because it was such a good dream, and now our mind says, no, you have to wake up because you have to eat breakfast, and I'll tell you what kind of cereal to eat today and how much of it, and two cups of coffee but not more, and I'm going to be watching, the mind says to you, because the mind's in charge until you start to meditate. And then you realize that the mind doesn't have to be in charge, that the mind is just thinking, thinking. That's it. It's thinking, thinking. That now you have a choice. You can make your mind the master and be in charge of your life and every part of it, or you can make your mind a tool to live a life, to have a choice to be better, to not be confined to who you are or what you think you are or what they think you are. The mind is very sensitive to all that. And it wants to be something that it's not. It wants to be everything and in charge. And you say, no, no, not anymore. I'm watching my breath. I see you, mind. I see what you're doing. I see the games that you play, but you know what? Every thought arises and exists and passes away. And if I wait long enough, that thought of who I am or what I should do will go away and be replaced with something else. And so if I have a thought of killing the mosquito, all I have to do is wait long enough and that killing thought goes away. And maybe the thought of catch and release takes its place. I'll get a jar. I'll catch that little guy. I'll take him outside. Who needs to sleep anyway? (laughs) And you've saved a life. How cool is that? Because you didn't do the first thing your mind wanted you to do. And after being part of the juvenile hall process for five years as a volunteer, man, a lot of those kids, those young people are in there because they didn't have a second or third thought. They just did the first thought that came to mind, and it wasn't very skillful. And they were young and didn't know any better. And now they have to be retrained and eventually brought back into community. But sometimes, I'm sure you've heard this, count to ten. You have this feeling, this idea, this urge, this desire. Count to ten. Let it happen. Let it exist and pass away. It always does. Everything changes all the time, as do we. Okay, so now you're there, and you're counting your breath, and you say, well, I want the more advanced part. I want to to be an advanced meditator, because that's where it really counts. So what's the advanced breath meditation? You let the counting go. You just simply rest with the sensation, going out and coming in, going out and coming in. No counting. And all of a sudden, the thoughts start to disassemble and become a little more scattered and a little more silent. Okay, think about this. You just bought a new Kindle. And you can hardly wait to read the new ebook that you just downloaded. And there you are, sitting in your room, and you got the TV on over here, and some people are talking over here, 
And there you are with your brand new Kindle, and it's just the best book. It turned out to be everything you wanted it to be. But you still have the TV and those people talking, yet you can focus on that book and every word and sentence. That's how this meditation works. You're not going to be able to turn off your thinking. Sometimes it seems to go away, but it always comes back. So the idea is to have this meditation practice in the forefront. Okay, in the forefront, and all the distractions of the mind in the background. And just let it be. It's okay. And I see something's blinking at me, so I might have to get ready to wrap this thing up. So uh, can you do that? Can you count your breath with having all the stuff going on in your life and have it in your background and not be distracted? And if you can, what you're doing is you're exercising your concentration, your focus, your one-pointedness. And you'll be far less distracted in everything you do. And you'll be able to focus on your spiritual practice every day. And people say, but how long do I have to do it? How long do I have to do this? Week, month, year, two years? No, no, rest of your life. Rest of my life, I got better things to do. Well, you know, the rest of your, of your life is just really what happens today. That's all. So just do it today and see if you feel the goodness. And once you get used to feeling that goodness, you'll be hooked. You won't want to miss a day because now you look at your life and you see goodness. And that makes a big difference. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that attention you've given me.